Welcome to Uncontained, episode 107. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render. Before we jump into the show today, I have a little show news for you. We just launched a Patreon account here for Uncontained, and I know there's tons of shows out there to support, and a lot of them are deserving of your hard-earned cash. I know you can't support every podcast you listen to, but for the cost of a cup of coffee a day... I could get a cup of coffee a day. Or or if I get more than one cup of coffee a day, I can actually put it into new equipment, better equipment, and help provide even a better show for you guys. I appreciate it. And this show, this show is with a comic that is on the rise. He's been doing stand-up comedy for four years. I got a chance to see him at Tommy T's a few weeks ago and met up with him at Tommy T's in Pleasanton, California, in the green room before a show. And we talk, we talk comedy, how he got into stand-up comedy. And uh, we talk about a strange obsession, or if you don't call it an obsession, it is a very deep interest, and that is uh, serial killers. What is a good comic without an obsession anyway? So, and what is a good comic without an obsession anyway, right? So sit back and enjoy my conversation with stand-up comic Noah Gain. Welcome to Uncontained. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render. On the show today, I have comedian Noah Gain. How are you doing today, Noah? I'm doing great, Aaron Render. Thank you for asking. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for using the full name. It's weird when people introduce you by your first and last name, isn't it? It is, like but I was actually going to cut your... Uh, cut your uh, first and last name part out of that oh. <laughs> but now we have to well, now, now we have to feels, keep it in it feels like when when somebody says hello this is you know for any kind of intro in any kind of media it feels like you're being announced like mr aaron render <laughs> and there's a butler yes. yelling your name to a whole room of folks how do you know i have a butler man you give off a very um privileged vibe <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure i do i'm sure i do you're wearing tissue boxes as shoes but you still come off as privileged hey man they are puffs with <laughs> lotion and they feel good on my feet but anyway <laughs> let's let's move on a little bit we're doing the interview at tommy t's in uh pleasanton california mm-hmm. uh, before you go on and do a show tonight i actually saw you for the first time here it was a couple weeks ago with uh cody woods and uh, you performed here on the stage you're about to go on to tonight. So what, what is your pre-show ritual or do you have any? I would say my pre-show ritual is panicking. Uh, <laughs> because cause in comedy you have to do a certain amount of time. So they'll say, you're going to do five minutes or ten minutes or twelve minutes. And even if somebody says it's one minute, all of a sudden, all the material I have written over the last couple of years, I forget it. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have I don't have 45 seconds of comedy. And then I go up and do it, and then I prove myself and everybody right that I don't have 45 seconds of comedy. You got about 35 seconds of laughs. I, I'm good when I say, hey, it's good to be here, and good night. And then that's when I get the best response. Open strong, end strong. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what they say anyway. So... <laughs> Yeah, do you uh, bring up any like uh, set list or anything like that? A little cheat sheet, so if you get lost or well, I, I do. Um, Obviously, you don't bring your whole setup there with no, you. No, no. Uh, if it's an open an open mic, of course you'll you know you can have notes or your phone up there, so you can yeah. look through notes. But for a show, um, what I typically do is I'll write down. Um, I have like bullet points with a yeah. keyword that reminds me of the joke, and then I'll put it in my back pocket. 
and I'll go up there and do it. I don't look at it ever, but it's just kind of something like, okay, I know I have these jokes literally in the back of my pocket, so I can do them. Yeah, safety net. Well, I'll never take it out. I'll never look at it. Never? No, 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 no. On a, on a show, if I mean, unless you're a big-time name, if you're taking notes out and you're only doing 10 minutes, it's not a great look for you. True, true. Um, all right, fair enough. You just have it to keep your ass company. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's 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 talk about your material for a minute. I don't want to throw out the where do you get your inspiration for the material, but what's your joke writing process like? So I write as much as possible. Um, I, I, I have just, you know, like most comedians I'm sure do, just uh, notebooks full of just ideas, things that should be jokes that aren't just anything you can think of remotely funny and there's a lot of people who can go on stage and just riff and make something funny up on the spot and who write on stage so to speak yeah but i'm not that kind of person i can maybe uh like i'll have something written i'll try it on stage and if it's funny great maybe if it's not funny i'll say something funny after it but i have to have everything written i do it word for word so um it's all very I need to be able to see it. I need to be able to see the comedy. That's why I also record my sets, you know, audio, sometimes visually too with the camera. Um, as much as much film I can study about myself, I feel like it uh, helps me become a better writer and hopefully someday comedian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. So when you are studying your film, and like watching it what are you what are you looking for a lot of things that you say on stage you don't really realize you're saying on stage so i'll have a joke where i'm saying you know uh and then the boy was found in the well and i'll say that but i might say it a different way uh you know different wording of it or i might say and the boy was found in the well and then i'll say after well that's good and like oh i used the word well twice and it got a laugh and so there's a lot of things you don't pick up on stage and that's why it's so important for people to record because you'll never like oh how did i word it or what did i say right after i can't remember exactly and you can never recapture that yeah. magic so it's it's just a time capsule that's i feel desperately needed the boy that fell in the well part right there that just <laughs> reminded me of like an sat or act question or something <laughs> like that it's like which one is the adjective <laughs> yeah i know yeah great example too I, on my SATs, I scored perfect on the reading and comprehension. I missed one question on English, and I got a 0% on my math. <laughs> yeah. A 0% on your math, man. I got, I got zero on the math because in high school, I was never good at math. Okay. So um, your senior year is supposed to be able to take a class off if you fill your requirements. So I had to take... Algebra 1, which is, I think, sophomore-level math, and geometry, which is freshman-level math. Yeah. And, uh, whoo, I got C-minuses in both. Hey, man, C-minuses, they, they pass classes. They don't write the C-minus on your diploma. And that's a good thing. Anyway, so I got totally sidetracked on that, <laughs> and I don't know why the hell we started talking about education. And who I'm needs sorry, that as it, a rabbit, comic? it rabbit trails. I rabbit trail very I, frequently. It's, it's all good. It's all good. This show can go wherever, <laughs> wherever it goes. So for somebody who hasn't seen your stand-up or heard your stand-up, like, what could they expect coming to a Noah Gain show? Well, if you're coming to see my stand-up, uh, chances are I'm not the star of it. Uh, <laughs> somebody much, much better is going to be closing it out. But um, if you're going to see my act, I think the... I, I'm not even really sure how to describe it just because it's always hard like to sell yourself. But I would say um, 
I work all clean, so there's no um, no cursing, no talk about sex, no kind of references to any political or ra- not that politics is dirty. Oh my gosh, I'm a genius. No, um, <laughs> but nothing nothing controversial, I guess I should say. Um, so it's very um, without that, what is there to talk about? <laughs> well, I, I would say <laughs> observational and just um, kind of recounting embarrassing moments from my life because. Uh, I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier that I, for me, my favorite kind of comedy is simple. Okay. Um, yeah. I, Cause I, I'm not very esoteric. I, you know, I can't understand very large concepts. Uh, I try, but it doesn't always, you know, it, it's like art when some, when you see a picture of an orange and you're like, that looks like an orange. And somebody's like, yeah, it's amazing how the artist portrayed poverty in 17th century Poland. <laughs> and you're like, I didn't see that at all. I just saw an orange. Yeah, I saw and, citrus. Yeah, and that's my comedy. It's the orange. It's kind of like the things in front of your face that you might not see, but that are still right there. Okay, so basically subtle jokes, or is it... It's... Um, it, it's plays so, on meanings. So so I do jokes about... Um, like, like some of my set is based about dancing, like being a tall guy dancing. Okay. And it's different. It's a different perspective because in the joke I say, um, you know... Um, you know shorter people women have a lot of fun with dancing because you know you look around you see all your friends that's a good time but i'm six three i see over all my friends heads and into the faces of other tall guys (laughs) do you know how confusing it is when you have a woman pressed against your body but you're staring into the eyes of another man (laughs) it's too many emotions that could play some mind games on you for sure exactly and it's and that's what it is it's like an observation so this is how tall guys see it but it's also a personal thing like when you're forced to be somewhere you don't want to be and then you're looking at somebody you don't want to look you know so it's that kind of, i'd say that's a good encompassment of kind of my style okay so who were some of your influences i'd say my favorite comics are uh in no particular order brian regan okay one of my absolute favorite clean silly goofy very physical i'm not physical at all but i admire that he can do that um i love nikki glazer i'm not sure if you're familiar with her yeah yeah i've seen nikki stand up yeah she's i i love that cleverness and that wordplay I, I really like clever i'm not very clever i don't think but um <laughs> but it's just you know it, i love that machine gun kind of rattling out of jokes where it's a story but you know every other sentence is a joke it's something funny it's either a funny observation or a funny plan of words or anything like that i love greg giraldo okay yeah and um i like that i remember him from tough crowd with colin yeah, Quinn. i love tough crowd and he's the kind of maybe not always political but there's a kind of humor where the premise is very heady you can be talking about politics or um or something really serious like a something going on in the world a current event that's really troubling and then the punchline is silly yeah like i think that's the best way to do um really serious comedy is with a funny like a goofy punchline because the more so you build up all that pressure and anticipation and then you just let it all out exactly yeah um and then norm mcdonald okay love norm mcdonald i remember very dry very dry exactly but clever (laughs) but clever yes yes yeah and sometimes you know the most uh you know cleverness is wrapped up in being blunt i feel like he's very to the point there's not a lot of hidden meaning behind it which i love yeah yeah but on the other hand i do like some of the stuff with the hidden meaning and the uh, that goes into the yeah. cleverness yeah absolutely and then mark normand um he opens for amy schumer he tackles a lot of from what i've seen um social issues like um 
you know, gender equality, um, you know, the problems that people go around censorship, um, which, you know, it, it's fun to hear somebody talk about things that you don't know how to talk about. Yeah. And then Rita Rudner. Oh, I haven't heard that name for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Rita Rudner. And those are, I think, off the top of my head, my core, my core favorites. All right, cool. So have you been doing any uh, touring lately or uh, road gigs or? Yeah, I um, I just did a run with um, a really funny headlining comic, Jim Short. He's an Australian fellow. Um, he's been on Letterman and more. That's all I can think of his credits right now. <laughs> Letterman just, and more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, we did a, a run. We did um, Grass Valley, which is an hour and a half northeast of sacramento um and then we did the crow's nest in santa cruz which is one of my favorite rooms and it was for president's day weekend 2018 just dating the right. podcast right. yeah thanks for making this not evergreen anymore but <laughs> it, it's fine it's fine i mean it's 2019 or 2000 any town usa yes yes uh, um but uh yeah so i did that and it was a long day i mean you know i was up at eight picked him up at the airport in sacramento and got back home, you know, around midnight. Okay. But, you know, it's great. You get to be with other funny people. We had, um, there was this guy up in Grass Valley who prides himself on being a local comic. And Grass Valley is not very big. Okay. It's probably as big as the room we're in. <laughs> and he's this older guy, probably like, you know, in his 60s. And he's chopping it up with us. And he's, and, but he's just so excited to see other comedians that he doesn't yeah. realize he's being a little overbearing <laughs> and he and he says to jim the headliner he goes you know jim just got at the airport he was sleeping at the airport waiting for me to pick him up and he goes hey you're not gonna go out looking like that are you all ratty and such and he's saying this to a guy who has been on you know late night tv who's headlining gonna do an hour yeah and the headliner is like well i guess i gotta wear a, a sports coat now or something i can't <laughs> let this guy and then after the guy's Talk, and and we're changing to get ready for the show and he's like he's like don't worry i'll watch you guys change yeah like a really strange guy i don't think yeah. he met it in any menacing way i hope but just yeah, a stand-up comic voyeur yeah. type. <laughs> uh. and then but the funniest thing is he's talking to us you know saying like hey if you guys need um anybody to do some time and we're like all right all right and um and one of the other staff goes hey barry uh are you ushering or doing security today <laughs> and it's just you know that dose of reality that every comic gets at some point so you guys didn't let him up on stage well we had an hour and a half show and you know i'm sure he's a funny guy but you know we still have to do the show and then get going we can't really wait around for and it, it was it was uh four comics on the lineup anyway yeah yeah all right time tight as yeah. it was so uh you also have a uh, monthly show correct that i do. do it's at swiss park bar and grill in newark california called last laugh fridays at 9 p.m every last friday of the month and um i get headliners coming through they do about 20 25 minutes minimum it's a lineup usually of uh four or five comics including myself and they all do roughly about 10 to 12 minutes and it's a lot of fun it's uh in its third year and okay. yeah we usually get a crowd of 60 people about oh nice and it's a lot of fun just you know no cover charges no drink minimums it's just you know good local comedy 
Right on. Very cool. Very cool. So what's one of the bigger names that you've had come through there? Kabir Singh. Uh, Kabir Singh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Kabir, my buddy Kabir. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's a lot of nationally known headliners that come through, but we get a lot of really good local talent. Um, you know, like I said, we've had Kabir. We've had a lot of comics that I really like. Um a lot of friends of mine who run shows or who have been on TV or have been in clubs and worked there. So it's always a really good stable. And then just having a great headliner at the end is kind of the cherry on top. Very nice. Very nice. So I don't know if I can ask this or not, but after the last show that you did here, we were hanging out at uh, a bar across the street mm-hmm. from Tommy T's. And you and another comic mentioned that uh, you possibly had something in the works with Kabir Singh. I don't know what you're talking. I really don't know what you're talking about. Okay, uh, it was something for like either Netflix or. Oh yeah, that's uh, not my project. So that's not your. Yeah, oh, I would talk to Sam about that. Okay, it was just Sam. I thought it was both of you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's it's okay. Son <laughs> of a bitch. This is being edited out. <laughs> Damn, I thought I had somewhere I could go with that. Nope. Sorry, I'm giving you nothing this whole time. I know I feel bad because earlier you were saying about how you're trying to do research on me and there's nothing online. I know you're like a ghost comedian, man. It's like, as you refer to yourself, not to steal your words, but um, most people who are doing stand-up comedy, which I, I feel honored to have you on my show since you're nowhere else online. Uh, <laughs> but most people doing stand-up or in the entertainment, I was constantly posting. They're like, hey, check out this video. Check out this video. Yeah. Uh, what is your reason for being pretty much phantom on social media well i don't have enough time to really i mean i can i can do some good time i uh, you know i have enough to do good sets and by time you mean time time on stage correct yeah all right so um there's not a lot for me to put out there i mean if i put out a 10 minute video and i don't even have a half hour of material i'm putting up more than half of my stuff online yeah and for some people um I mean, there's two schools of thought. There's, there's that you put everything online and or you put whatever you want online and people see it and they go, wow, that's good. I kind of want to see this person in in person. I want to see them perform live. And there's, there's the other school of thought where it's not ready. This stuff isn't ready. It's always being worked on. Or um, if I put this online, somebody's going to steal it. And somebody if somebody else takes it who has more notoriety, you know, even though it's my joke, it's theirs now for the most part because yeah. they took it. But... For me, it's just Carlos Mencia. <laughs> but for me, it's just um, um, there's not much I have to show yet that I'm that I'd be comfortable showing. So there's kind of no point in doing that. I mean, the only thing I post online anyway is just the shows I'm gonna be on. I try to promote those pretty yeah. heavily. But um, I, I'm not really into the internet very much anyway. <laughs> so maybe once I get like enough good material and I'm trying to have a presence, I'm sure that bridge comes all across it. But. Yeah, I think it's good to find like kind of a happy medium in there. Like as like when I when I was doing comedy, I pretty much put most of my stuff online. But looking back at it, it wasn't quite ready. But the other school is not putting anything out there. People won't necessarily know who you are. You know, like they might see posts online saying go to a show or see you at a show, follow yeah. you there. But like maybe a teaser or something like that isn't a bad idea for some people obviously i'm not telling yeah. you how to promote yourself no yeah and <laughs> you know and and that's definitely a valid point and the other school thought is they come see you you burst who is this guy he bursts on the scene and you can get you can always send people an email list you know an email blast or yeah. keep in touch on facebook like that's what you know we did afterwards yeah. you're like oh you know why don't we talk a little more and you know come to a show and 
that's how I prefer to do it, just for the time being, just because I don't really have a lot to um, give as far as material and stage time that I feel comfortable giving. Yeah, do do what you do, man, and uh, that's how people get that uh, overnight success title. Yeah, they, right. They work for 10 years underground, and then all of a sudden, they're a success. Yeah, one viral video. One viral video at a time, or, yeah, 10 years of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> so... How long have you been doing comedy, Noah? I've been doing comedy a um, little over four years. And um, I first did comedy for the first time ever. Uh, I went to college at Chico, Chico State. And so the first time, I and I had known that I always loved stand-up and I always wanted to do it. But I didn't know, um, I had watched stand-up, but I never knew how to get into it, how people did stand-up or anything about it. And so... I decided one day, I think it was probably my junior, senior year, I'm, I go, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm just going to... I like to set deadlines for myself so okay. you can't back out of them. Yeah. And so I looked online, and there was a Craigslist ad for a fundraiser, and they needed an experienced comedian. So I lied, <laughs> and I said, hey, uh, yeah, I'm experienced. I, I, I comedy. Um, I comedy. <laughs> I comedy. And the fundraiser was for a... Um, uh, battered women's shelter, so like abused women is okay. a fundraiser for them to I don't know get bandages I guess, and I go on stage in front of about 200, 250 people. I I have the video. I should have sent you that to get to watch my first set. Oh, that would have been awesome. We can we can play it here. So yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. And if you want to put it in here, okay, and All ruin right. <laughs> and ruin everyone's perception of my comedy. I'll put it on my Facebook. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Good yeah. Lord. So everybody can see it. Okay. Continue on with the story. Enough, so, enough so, torturing yourself. <laughs> so I go up <laughs> and I don't bomb, but it, it went as about as I think well as it could have for, you know, having a week. Um, I did about four minutes, five minutes, and um, the reception wasn't bad. People came up after, and I'm sure a lot of them were being nice, but like, good job. That was funny. That was, but, I mean, the jokes were terrible. I said, <laughs> I had a joke. This is one of the worst jokes I've ever written, which is saying something. I go, um, you know, my parents and I, we have a decent relationship. My parents like me the same way they love gum. You know, if it's there, cool. If not, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the worst joke ever, though. It, it, it's sad. It is sad. And that's how a lot of it, it was all sad comedy. <laughs> Um, and that was at a battered women's yes. thing too. Yeah. Okay. All right. At least you didn't have any jokes about beating women. No, uh, no, no. Uh, I'm at least self-aware. I'll give myself that yeah, much credit. Yeah. And then after that, I um, I know you didn't ask for my life story. No, continue. <laughs> after that, when I graduated, I, I had done uh, comedy at a couple open mics after that in Chico. Um, but after that, I went back home and I didn't have a job, so I was just doing stand-up, uh, just trying to get comfortable on stage. And I had. I was terrified of being on stage because I'd never done any public speaking really. Um, so I would have a, you know, a water bottle and my hand would be shaking. And by the time I got done, it would be halfway empty because all the water <laughs> flew out because I was so nervous. That reminds me of me in like high school reading reports in front of the class, just like shaking the paper. But yeah. <laughs> and I never had those problems doing presentations in college or doing anything in high school, but it was such a, I, it was such a different thing probably because I cared about it yeah that i was nervous so you've come a long way in the four years yes i am uh <laughs> i'm a budding talent a budding <laughs> talent just getting ready to bloom all right so for other people that are looking to get started 
in stand-up. Maybe back where you were searching Craigslist for charity gigs or whatever. What advice would you have for them to get their first um, moments of stage time, get their foot in the door? Well, there's plenty of open mics anywhere you are, especially in California, especially the Bay Area. There's a ton of open mics. All you have to do is find one and sign up. And it's probably not going to go great your first time. If you have you know friends or family there, I'm sure they'll laugh politely at the fact <laughs> that you're doing that. But um, it's just about creating good habits, going up more than once. I mean, if you want to do it as a hobby, if you want to be able to go up once in a while to an open mic and say something funny with your friends there, that's fine. If you want to pursue it as a career, which I'm trying to do, then you need to go up more than other people would need to. You know, you need to go up every day or as frequently as possible. Yeah. You know, life allowing. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I'm, it's the same thing that every comic will say. Just go up as much as possible because the more you go up, the more mistakes you can make. And the more mistakes you can make, the more you can learn. And the more you learn, the better you'll be. It's that whole Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing. Yeah, like 10,000 hours. You become an expert after 10,000 hours of doing something. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm an expert failure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was good. That'll have to be the name of this podcast. Expert right here. failure. Expert yep. failure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so basically, hit up open mics and whatever. Any advice for somebody who's maybe looking to take their that's already doing the open mics and looking to get, uh, you know, get that first paid gig? Well, I think that. Um, as far as first paid gig, um, I think people respect hard work. And, um, you know, even if your stuff isn't hilarious, people will see you and you'll get on a showcase. And paid gig at the beginning means gas money. Yes. Which is big, which is really big. I remember when I was starting out, I saw a poster for a show. And at the time, I was like, I want to be so good that I can get on this show. And I found out it was just a booked open mic showcase. <laughs> and then after that, I got on. I was thinking, you know, I want to be so good that anytime I go perform, I get a free meal and drink. <laughs> and and it's pretty much, I'm not at that point yet, but, but I can get a free drink most places. Right on, right on. That's and, part of it. Yeah. And so it's all about... And, you know, once you get to the point of a free drink and at points, you'll ha either have a one night show where you can get gas money or you'll have, you know, a weekend of shows, which is either hosting or featuring or, you know, eventually someday headlining. Then you'll start getting paid real money like you won't be in the red. Yeah. You know. Right on, man. Very cool. Very cool. So that's good advice. So just keep going at it, getting better. And then once people recognize you more on the scenes, so you doing it and you're getting funnier, you'll start to get more gigs, yeah. get paid, get meals, or at least beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Expect to be paid in beer a lot for the first while. Right on, right on. So there you go, people. Want free beer? Do stand-up comedy. I think that's what uh, Noah's saying. What are you doing to promote yourself? Uh, as far as promoting, I'm trying to get back into Twitter. I'm just so lazy. I don't like being on the internet. I really <laughs> don't. Um, but I am posting on my Facebook. Um, every time I have a show, I'll give a couple days notice. So today, Tommy T's, tomorrow, Swiss Park, and then Saturday. One of my favorite shows to do is at the Layover in Oakland with my friend Lyle Barons, who runs it. Fantastic, fantastic show. Second and fourth, Tuesday and Saturday of every month. Okay. Um but as far as promoting, uh, that's pretty much it. I'll do just Facebook posts 
Twitter posts when I can. When do you think that your material will be at the point where you want to promote? Because there's the whole artist concept where a piece is never done. It's just at a point where you have to walk away. You say you like to set goals for yourself. What is your goal to get to the point where you have enough time where you feel comfortable promoting it? Well, I want to... A half hour, at least, of killer material. That means every... For me, it means every joke gets a laugh. Okay. Um, and not everything has to be a huge hurrah, applause, break, laugh. But I want every single joke that I make that I intend to be funny to get a laugh. Okay. And there's some jokes that are okay that I have, but a lot of comics will say, I can do 40 minutes. And then you see them, they can be on stage for 40 minutes. <laughs> but there's a difference between being on stage for 40 minutes and doing 40 minutes of material. So I can be on stage. I just did, um, at Tommy T's and Rancho Cordova, I did 25 minutes on there. Okay. I did 25 minutes, but it wasn't the best 25 minutes. So, so I really want that killer half hour. But it is nice to know that you know, you can manage however much time you're supposed to do. So it, it's it's good. Like the, when I did that 25 minutes, I thought, okay, well, now I know I can do 15 very well or I can do 10 very well. Very cool, Matt. So once you get that half hour, I'll be expecting to see some more promotion from there you There will online. be promotion. Um, so what is a highlight or two that you care to uh, share from your four years of stand-up comedy? So, you know... Um, Despite what I've said about myself about being a terrible comic, <laughs> I feel like I never, I never paint myself very well. I never sell myself very well. That's probably a good reason why I don't promote. Yeah, and you'll find that a lot with a lot of comics too, though. Like the ones that say they're funny, uh, the ones that say they're not funny. Like, oh, Still, oh uh, I'm just, I'm just trying, man. I'm trying to convince these people that I'm a comic type thing. Those are the ones who, like, a lot of times have it you know but they yeah just um i guess i would say um some of the highlights um were the the weekends i've done the very you know the few weekends i've done at comedy clubs where i've hosted um my first one was i think in my first year of comedy uh hosting a weekend for aries spears okay very yeah cool. for Matt tv he was he's super nice and i've um performed with him a couple times since then really nice guy really really cool guy to me um i opened on i want to say 2016 uh new year's eve new year's day and like the day before new year's eve i hosted a weekend at tommy t's pleasanton for angela johnson um that, uh, mad tv yeah, bon kiki yeah. she was really nice too i'm lucky because i've had really good experiences with the people i've been lucky enough to work with that's cool because you hear some horror stories but then there's the people who are actually like remember being in your spot yeah yeah and um i i was able to um i opened up for coco brown who i is one of the real housewives i think of atlanta yeah <laughs> okay the super nice lady she was funny she was good she, was she? Uh, and yeah and tommy t's rancho cordova i got to open for uh, a comic i really like and respect orny adams uh, at the San Jose Improv, that's where I also opened for Aries. I opened for um, Julian McCullough, uh, another really funny guy. Um, Chris Red, who was in the movie Pop Star. Did you see uh, that? I did not see Pop oh, man, Star. That's a great movie. Yeah, uh, and he's on Saturday Night Live now. I opened for him at Tommy T's in Pleasanton. Um, and then, of course, like more local guys, like one of my best pals, Kabir Singh. Have you seen him? 
I have seen Kabir Singh. Actually, I saw him in San Leandro. It was actually the first time that I saw uh, Cody Woods, who was a guest on the show a while mm-hmm. ago. It was supposed to be like an all-Indian uh, stand-up comedy. Okay. Then, Outsourced? Uh, yeah, outsourced. I think that's what mm-hmm. it was called. And then all of a sudden, like Cody Woods comes on, and I'm like, one of these things does not look like the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. He was a and Kabir was really funny as well. So. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going on to big things, and he's, you know, I love that guy, and he's he's done so he's done more for me in comedy than anybody else. Um, so you know, uh, really good, really good friend, and uh, really really generous. One of the probably the most generous comic. Uh, I've ever met, not just because of stuff he's done for me, but every time anybody asks him for something, he always does uh, anything he can to help. So, Very cool. Yeah, and then Sammy Obeyed. I don't know if you know Sammy. I do not know Sammy. Hilarious guy. I've opened for him. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, local guys, Dan St. Paul, um, you know, just guys who uh, were n- hilarious and nice enough to take a chance on me for giving me certain gigs. So, Very cool, man. Um, so... Now, I know you feel like you don't have a solid half hour yet, but there's got to, like, is there something that when your crowd does come see you, what do you want them to remember and take away about your show? Um, I would say that, and it's going to sound really basic, but that I was funny. Okay, well, that's a good thing. Yeah, and, um, and you know, I do the acts, like I said, I do all clean, and I'll do stories about my life that are you know mostly embarrassing or just things that i I feel like everybody is the hero of their own story right yeah and you're in your head you're a normal person and when you say to some like to somebody man this crazy guy on the train and this crazy guy walking on the street but in that person's head you're the crazy person they're the normal person just trying to get out (laughs) with their day and i feel like that's the kind of comedy i relay like i'm just this normal guy like you guys can identify with me, right? And then I tell a story about a crazy person, um, but you'll get that. And um, I think relatable. I think I'm pretty relatable. Um, depending on the show, uh, there will be some crowd work unintentionally, um, <laughs> but it's fun. I really like talking to the crowd. I try not to do it a lot just because I'm trying to build up the act. What do you mean unintentional crowd work? I mean sometimes, um, like I'll, I'll do. Uh, just I'll be talking. I'll I'll make a off point comment comment to somebody in the crowd, and they'll say something back, and then it'll just kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, some of it's you know plan on my part to get a reaction or a rise out of somebody, not in a bad way, because I can't do mean crowd work. Um, <laughs> I can't. I I just I'm impressed when I can see somebody yell at the crowd. Like Cody's really good at that, and then he'll yell at the crowd or say like you're a bum, and then the crowd will love him. <laughs> so I don't know how to do that, but I try to be nice with my crowd work, and it usually gets a laugh. Right on. But right on. it's a very it's it's a very distinct line that I have no idea how to handle being mean there. <laughs> one day you might get that one heckler that just pisses you off, and then all of a sudden, bam, mean Noah comes out. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so hard to. Um, in in my experience, be mean and then go back. Because I feel like on stage, I'm a nice guy. That's how I come yeah. off. Um, so I can't imagine yelling at somebody, shut up. So anyway, I was holding a baby. <laughs> it, it's just, it doesn't match. 
Well, that's where you're like, you gotta be like, shut up, I'm talking about babies here. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, you know, bring it back to the baby after you're yelling about it. But who am I to tell you how to do your fucking job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, I have one final question for you. Yes. Uh, before we get there, what is your corner of the internet? Where can people find you? I know it's a very small corner, but it's out there. I feel like you wanted to know more about my lack of online presence than my comedy. <laughs> no, no, no. It's more like I asked no, everybody so yeah. they can find your Facebook, your Twitter. I understand. I totally understand. And I, as, as a little paper trail I can leave on the internet is, you know, I'm like going full. Like I want to have the same online presence as the Unabomber did before he was caught, you know? Like, live in a shack, no computer, ideally. Wow. So, should we be uh, cautious about you? <laughs> are you are you obsessed with, like, serial killers and bombers? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, I, just, I just hate the internet. I hate it. Uh, anyway, you can find me on Facebook. Um, <laughs> just search Noah Gain, N-O-A-H-G-A-I-N, uh, on Twitter, uh, at N-O-A-H underscore g a i n um i like the hand work you did with that too yes and <laughs> i actually did it in the way i write <laughs> very nice which is very print nice. slash cursive print slash cursive that is special right there i just write <laughs> chicken scratch so um you know uh, before before i ask you the last question yes we did touch on the unabomber yes but before we were talking before we started the interview mm -hmm. you were talking about serial killers <laughs> yeah yeah um uh -huh. so um you seem to have maybe not an obsession but a definite fascination with serial killers i'd say it's a it's a <laughs> i'd say it's a healthy um interest you know, like, well, the, there's that whole ID channel, you know, the crime. Yeah, murder TV. Is that what they're calling it? <laughs> That's what I call it. Like, at, at my work, the, like, secretaries and everybody. Oh, because you're a lawyer. That's right. I am not a lawyer. Yes. Don't, I am not a lawyer. I work uh, I work in the office services department of a law firm. Yes. I don't want to so talk too much about So you're tampering with evidence. Air. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I just, it's one of those things where I think that um, I can't imagine doing it i can't i can't imagine people who hurt other people in that way yeah and there's something just about somebody who can be that unhinged mentally where you don't have um like they say a lot of psychopaths can't feel empathy and they can't feel basic human emotions and so when psychopaths do show things like that they're mimicking normal human behavior they see so if if a pet get if a pet dies a person will cry or be sad, but a psychopath won't feel any emotion towards that. But they'll see somebody cry and they'll go, okay, when this thing happens, this is the response. Yeah. So I just, I, and you know, that's just the part of the personality. I mean, I can't imagine the actual physical act of doing that. And so there's just something about, you know, I mean, we're all interested by people who do the things we can't do. So sports, you know, anything you know, a lot of physical, anything mental, like people who don't have the mental capacity. And so that's just one thing I feel like it's something you can't do and you never would want to do. And it's plus, you know, people's fascination with death and, you know, yeah. mystery. And but. so what were you into first comedy or serial killers? <laughs> Both. Uh, <laughs> well, it's great. I can, I can healthily take out my sociopathic tendencies in a fun way. 
He was a he was a nice kid. He was a quiet kid. Then one day on stage, he just snapped. I know. It took it, an <laughs> ugly turn. Noah Gain. No. And it's it's yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I I mean, isn't Serial the most listened to podcast in like America? I I listened to the first season of it. I don't know about the second one or I don't I don't listen third. to it at all. But it, it's I mean, there's some weird thing that people are. But that doesn't have anything to do with the serial killer. At least the first one. Well, it's all about serial killers. That's why it's called Serial. No. It's, it's not? one kid. The first one is about a kid who uh, was convicted of murdering his girlfriend as a 16-year-old, but there was some doubt on it. And uh, he was locked up in prison, and they were trying to get enough evidence to open up the case again. Okay. He, there was a murder, but maybe it was not properly named, like as falsely accused. It was mm-hmm. like... Instead of like should have been called that instead of serial killer. It's some it's some type of crime. Some yes, yeah. It's one of those stories where it was a good day, things were going well. Then they took an unfortunate turn of events, <laughs> and you know, type thing, and everything. Well, went it doesn't usually work out there. the other way. Things were awful, and then this guy showed up with a knife, and things were great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It all got better once yeah. they started slashing throats. Yeah, that's from the murderer's perspective. <laughs> yeah, like all kitties and rainbows and then blood, which makes it better. <laughs> okay, this is getting weird. Yeah, and I'll I'm say fear- one more weird thing then. Because okay. I'm assuming you're not going to use any of the serial killer stuff. I don't uh, know. I might leave know, it who in. Knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, so, you know the son of Sam? Yeah, he like was the, the guy. Dog, dog yeah, his dogs were telling him guy. to kill. Well, not the dog whisperer, but and they were possessed by demons. Yeah, yeah. The dog. Yeah, um, yeah. So his the his neighbor's dog was possessed by the devil or demons and told him to kill people. He said, um, but I believe him and a couple other like they say the worst serial killers. Because I'm into um, I can't I can't believe I'm saying I'm into something and I can't remember what it's called. Um, <laughs> Where you study people's handwriting, handwriting analysis. Oh. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one thing that the worst, you know, killers and psychopaths and the most deranged people, they all have in common. Um, and, of course, they, they'll say, you know, um, handwriting analysis isn't, um, it, it can't be used in court. It's, it's that not kind submittable. Of yeah, it's not submittable evidence, even though there is, you know, some certain similarities in a lot of these cases anyway um it's called the devil's pitchfork so what happens is when somebody writes um something with the downward slopes like let's say a y right on the way down or a g on the way down they'll draw without knowing they're doing it unconsciously um use the devil's pitchfork so if you write down a y um like yeah so if you write down a y so what they'll do is they'll draw a y and at the very end of it they'll do a little upside down u so it looks like a pitchfork weird and they won't even know they're doing it i'll i'll, I'll put a picture of that on uh on on facebook or something <laughs> so you guys can hear what the hell we're talking about <laughs> but uh that is that is interesting and uh, i know way too much about this you do it's if i studied unhealthy. comedy the way i did you know, serial killers. And yeah. <laughs> I, c- I should either be hilarious or locking dangerous people up and I'm doing neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough, man. Well, I have one final question yes. for you. And that is the title question of the show. Noah again. How do you live uncontained? I live uncontained by listening to Aaron Render on 
uncontained podcast. Uh, I live uncontained, um, and it's a really basic. Like I said, I'm I'm not very much into esoteric thinking. I'm not very enlightened, but basically, I really genuinely believe in if you died tomorrow would you be satisfied with the way you lived your life? And I'm realistic. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to be famous someday. I mean, best case scenario, I could be a working comic. You know, yeah. I could make a living. I could afford to, that'd be great if I could own my own house, but even rent an apartment would be amazing. <laughs> but I can't imagine, I can't imagine a life where I'm just at home with, you know, somebody to, just be there for the sake of companionship doing a job i hate and you know you have to do you have to work for to pay bills it means to an end but if i do that for my whole life and i just wondered every day like man could it have been and if and if i go and i fail that's fine but i just cannot imagine failing because i never tried i hear that completely my friend and so there's very true words and uh good words to live by as well like if you died tomorrow would you be happy with the life you lived but uh chances are if you died tomorrow you wouldn't remember anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but yeah i i agree man that is uh very cool and that I, I too would rather fail from trying than not doing so Thank you for coming on the podcast today. I have one final thing for you to do, and that is sign off the show. Noah, will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight? No. Uh, <laughs> yes, I will. Um, <laughs> I guess what I would say is um, let's let's do this again in a year. Okay. Because I want to see if if I got that half hour. It might not be killer, but I'm going to predict that I'm going to have a half hour. Um, okay. I'm also going to be predicting that, um, there's a new host for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah I mean, this one sucks. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I think it's just, let's see where we're at in a year. I think, I think it'll be a good little test to keep me honest, but, um, Hey, my name is Noah Gain and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Noah Gain for joining me on the show and uh, meeting up with me at Tommy T's, where they were cool enough to let us do the interview up in their green room. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Uncontained has a Patreon account. If uh, you're into doing the Patreon thing, I appreciate it. And if not, just enjoy the content. And thank you for listening. And until next time, live uncontained.